0: Welcome into the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we're talking about Donovan Mitchell's season by the numbers. So, if you are awake on planet Earth, you saw that Donovan Mitchell had a 71-point game the other night, and that is crazy. Like, I know there's been a lot of talk in the league of all the you know the crazy high scoring, the high offensive efficiencies the high point total games there have been much like 40 and 50 point games lately it's like literally every night somebody has a 40 or 50 point game it seems like and then Mitchell obviously capping off with 71 which is absurd uh, I thought we would kind of go through his season hit on some big numbers and sort of maybe try to tell the story because last time we talked about him on this podcast, obviously Mitchell, he gets traded over from the jazz to the Cavaliers in the off season. It was the biggest trade of the off season. Obviously the jazz blow it up. They get rid of Gobert. They get rid of Mitchell. And this was really exciting, right? We, we had a solo episode where we just talked about the trade. And then we obviously talked about it in our Cavs preview, but this was really exciting because the Cavs were a good team last year. They are a young team, and they are a good team. And they were a defensive slanted team, and they needed more offensive punch. And they tried to trade for Karisilvert last year at the trade deadline. Um, he he didn't play very well once he he got moved over to Cleveland. He's been better this year, which has been great. But they needed more offense. It, Garland was really their only initiator. Um, they had Laurie Marketing, but he wasn't the player that he is now. He's a good player, but he was nowhere near what he is this year. He, he might win Most Improved Player. Um, he was also went over in that trade with Mitchell, uh, swap teams, and the Cavs were a good team, right? Like they had some. They started playing well. They had some injuries. Garland missed some time. Jared Allen missed some time at the end of the year. They sort of limped into the playing game, and they, they were a very young team that got knocked out. And going into this off season. You know, they had some nice role players in Okoro and Dean Wade, but they just needed that scoring punch. They go out, they make the huge move to get Mitchell, and it has paid off wonderfully. One of the best trades in recent history. I know we're only in year one, but he has played, I mean, lights out basketball. So Garland has missed some time, and Mitchell, his load has been really high. I think it was like 47. Um, An easy way to think of load, like once you're over 40, Like you have the ball a lot in your hands. And then 50 is like absurdly high. You have ball, it feels like all the time. And Mitchell's at 47, so he's pretty close to that 50 mark. And he has sort of, you know, kind of run the offense Well, Garland hasn't been in the lineup for every game, basically. So 71 points in a game. That's what honestly made me do the episode on him. Uh, Let's move on to some more numbers for Donovan Mitchell's season 45. He is shooting 45% on pull-up threes. Yeah, you heard that correctly. I'm not talking like regular th- threes, 45%, it's absurd, it's crazy, that's unbelievable. On pull-up threes, 45%, that is something that I, you just you just don't see. So that has been a really powering, The probably the main thing that, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where like a lot of times players improve at different things throughout the year, And sometimes, or year over year, and it's hard to accurately kind of explain how each part of their game has gotten better relative to other parts, especially with younger players. And to have a jump in your pull-up shooting to 45% is absolutely absurd. And then just... All around, we have our three-point shooting talent, which takes into account um, some more variables. Takes into your shot quality, uh, your shot creation, your shot making on that quality. So there's some difficulty adjustments, Um, and then there's a little self-creation adjustment. And he is 98th percentile in our three-point shooting talent, which is just right at the top of the league, which has been fantastic. He's actually uh, right next to Steph this year in a pull-up shooting talent, which is I mean, there's never any... I mean, if you follow us on Twitter, which should uh, be Ball Index, um, on all the graphs, Steph is always by himself. It's always like a big clump of people, some people having impressive years from three, and then Steph by himself in like the upper stratosphere. And Mitchell is right next to him. He has a chance to maybe overtake him here in the next couple of weeks uh, and pull up shooting talent, which would be amazing. Uh, our next number is nine. And... He had been averaging about 25 points a game on uh, around league average efficiency the last three years. And this year he is 9% better than league average. When it comes to efficiency, we're looking at true shooting plus. So again, he's 9% better. And he went from it was, it's crazy here. He increased the volume as well as the efficiency. And it's really hard to do both of those, but Donovan Mitchell has done it. has been really impressive. And a season at 9% above league average is, like, some real superstar stuff. Like, that is uh, elite. I think, like, Jordan and LeBron are, like, 107 and 108 for their career, something around there. So anything above that, like a, a career, a normal career year for LeBron and Jordan, if you're over that, it's really impressive. Our next number is four, and that was where Donovan Mitchell ranked in our O LeBron, which is our overall offensive impact. Uh, we do playoff LeBron. So normal LeBron is season over season. But because playoffs are so short, you don't play enough games, enough minutes, we average three years together to get your three-year playoff LeBron. So over the past three years, Donovan Mitchell has been fourth in total offensive impact in the playoffs. That is really high-end stuff up there with Giannis, Steph, and I'm blanking on the other name, but like really elite company. Our next number, three That's how many all-star games Donovan Mitchell has been to. Uh, He's been to the previous three. He's a lock this year to make the all-star team. Uh, And our last number is zero. That is the amount of all NBA teams he has made. So he's been an all-star three times. He has been an all-NBA player zero times in his career. And if he keeps playing at this pace, he is going to make his first team. He is playing at an extremely high level. Probably won't be first team because... I think Luka has one of those slots locked up. Steph will probably have the other. But Mitchell has a real chance to be second team All-NBA, which would be absolutely huge. I mean, way you want to look at it from a, you know, how far can this team go in the playoffs if you have Garland at an All-Star level, you have Mitchell at an All-NBA level, you have uh, Jared Allen, an outstanding center, where, like, all of a sudden the pieces are shifting into place. I talk about this all the time, where it's like, okay, Donovan Mitchell can be your best player. Garland can be your second best player, and then you have Jared Allen as your third, and then Mobley as a close fourth. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like, that is a team with a viable path to winning the championship. And the best part is, like, they have that window for the next, honestly, probably like three, maybe four years, which is an extremely long playoff window. But because of the way that the uh, it works out for the ages of these players and the contracts, they're going to be able to retain all four of those guys, which is really exciting. You can also look at this from a trade standpoint. They got an outstanding value. I think it was three firsts, two pick swaps, which I don't put a ton of weight in those. And then they did trade Laurie Markkinen and Colin Sexton, I think another player. And Sexton was a restricted free agent, and they probably weren't going to. I mean, it was one of those things. They were going to have to resign him if they didn't acquire anybody. But if you have Mitchell, you probably don't need Sexton. Uh, and also, like, the, the money has to work out. Um, On top of that, you do trade Laurie Markin, who is having a fantastic breakout year. And that's just one of those things where you're like, it doesn't matter if the other team gets a good deal as long as you do. Um, Sometimes we wait trades in interesting ways. Same things with the Kings, right? Like Sabonis and uh, Halliburton. At the time, I didn't think the trade was as crazy as everybody else did. You can go back in the podcast. You can find that. Um, It's it's not that I, I... don't like Albert and I think he's a good player. I think, you know, obviously he's playing extremely well this year. Uh, I just thought Sabonis was also a very good player. So it's not really about like, sure. It's great to win the trade, right? I'm, obviously you want to, but as long as you get value out of the trade, it doesn't really matter what you give up. And Mitchell obviously has been better than Laurie Martin this year. So I think you're happy if you're the calf. So again, any way you want to look at it, I think long-term, short-term, trade value you have to be really excited with mitchell and yeah i just wanted to pull up some numbers that uh sort of illustrated what the level he's playing at again the 71 point game that'll make everybody turn their head right because that's just a level of dominance that we rarely ever see um the 45 percent from pull up three that is otherworldly like that is okay so (laughs) Obviously, catch-and-shoot threes, you shoot a higher percentage at. Mitchell is a weird case this year because it's not even close. Mitchell's 45% on pull-up threes, only 35% on catch-and-shoots, which is kind of strange. But, uh, you know, I, I expect probably as the season goes that pull-up percentage to come down a little bit and that catch-and-shoot to go up a little bit. But it's, it's interesting. Sometimes with on-ball guys, the the pull-up versus the catch-and-shoot splits don't work exactly how you think they would. But we talked about it. The overall three-point shooting talent is very good. The three-point shot making, 97th percentile. Three-point shot creation, 99th percentile. Uh, and then the last piece of that, the quality fourth percentile. So he's creating a ton of threes. He's knocking them down at a really high rate, and they're very, very difficult. So he's basically playing as well as you can play. Another interesting thing about Mitchell, we talk about stars you know, being hesitant to take Uh, pull-ups versus catch-and-shoots, whatever it might be. So we actually have the data here. So uh, 61% of Mitchell's attempts are pull-ups and 39% are catch-and-shoots. And And then we also – there's some fun stuff if you go on the the old legacy tool on Basketball Index – Uh, We have corner three ratio versus above the break threes. And then with Mitchell, with most star players, you're going to be above the break majority of the time. He's 94% of the time above the break threes, uh, 6% in the corner. I would imagine those 6% are like relocation threes too, because I don't think Mitchell's like spending a lot of time just like camping out in the corner. Uh, Going down, looking at his finishing talent, 96 percentile, very good. He has an A in rim shot making, uh, an A in rim shot creation. So he's getting there and he is making it uh what is it? the rim shot quality is a d so pretty tough shots at the rim uh making them at a pretty high clip the playmaking has been really good 96 percentile uh a b plus in volume so this is like another thing to look at for star players like how much do like where's the volume at right because like the quality for these guys it's always going to be phenomenal his uh, quality is 96 percentile it's great uh the versatility is very good but the volume is like a really good indicator of like how much playmaking is going on because um, with a lot of these guys, you can assume it's pretty high quality when you get to like that, like top 20 player in the league uh, threshold. And I feel like this is a really accurate representation of volume for Mitchell. It's a B plus. Um, he's obviously spreading the ball around. He is getting assists, but it's not a Chris Paul role. And I think that's uh, pretty, pretty easy to grasp when you know, you're know you scoring as much as he is. It's pretty difficult unless you're Luca uh, to be scoring like 30 points a game and averaging like nine assists. <laughs> If we look at his points per possession and we break that down to play type, he is the best player in the league scoring as a pick-and-roll ball handler, 100th percentile. Um, that is obviously elite. He's got an A in spot-ups, B-plus in transition, and A-plus in isolation, so all the places that you want your star to be shining Donovan Mitchell is shining extremely bright. So just kind of wanted to run through some of his numbers, run through his profile over at Basketball Index. To just sort of, um, I have this issue, right? So when there's teams on the East Coast, uh, the East Coast time zone, it's just sometimes harder to keep tabs on them. And it's great when they have these amazing games, 71 points, that really makes you pay attention and zoom in because, you know, there's a lot of teams, it's a long season, things can kind of slip through the cracks sometimes, or there's just so much going on. It's, it's really great to shine a light when a player's uh, obviously playing extremely well like Mitchell is. So that's going to sum it up for Donovan Mitchell's season by the numbers. I'm your host Taylor, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Basketball Index Podcast.